It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and my your body. <laughs> my friends, you were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Totally <laughs> terrific. Tuesday. <laughs> You're doing so great on that. Uh, yes. Um, can you believe how fast time is going? I mean, today is the 27th of September. And you're doing the count. We're probably, what, 43, 44, 45 days 42. to election time? 42. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A lot's going to happen between now and then. Have you, you're from Pennsylvania. Have you been watching this Senate race out in Pennsylvania or any of your relatives? Oh, oh I have. I've been in you know, hot debate and discussion with, well, no debate. No, none of the people I, I speak to back there are uh, impressed with Mr. Fetterman. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out whether Oz was just a carpetbagger or or what. But you know, nobody wants Fetterman. Oh my gosh, he looks scary. I mean, he uh, does. He, I, he just I looked at does. a picture of take or some videos that was shot from him of him over the weekend. It's like, oh my gosh. I mean, you know his his uh, physical problems aside, because he had a stroke earlier this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, uh, again, my my buddy Glenn Beck was dismantling him yesterday on his show and saying he's a socialist. And you know, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I feel bad for his his physical health issues, but he's a socialist. <laughs> well, and, uh, and we talk about it all the time that uh, socialism is not about free stuff. Socialism uh, is uh, the free stuff is just to try to get you to vote for it. Socialism is such a bad idea that it comes down to force. And of course, it's the gateway drug to communism. They're so closely uh, aligned. And so socialism basically is that that um, government controls everything really kind of through rules and regulations and, and controls the economy. Communism actually is a takeover of everything. So you can see how closely aligned they are. And, uh, uh, and, but, but they never, you know, those that are running for office, they never really talk about what, what they really are having planned for you. And that is control of your life. We are seeing that there have been many different people that have been elected into office, that that is their, you know, that is their, uh, their goal. And uh, all of a sudden now through the whole COVID thing, people are waking up and saying, wait a minute, I kind of like this American idea where I can uh, pursue my life and my liberty and my happiness and what a great idea that was. And so we're seeing just such interesting things happen right now, Steve, uh, out there in the both not on the national landscape as well as the international landscape. But we'll get to that in just a minute. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. Um, because you'll get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent essays and podcasts, and we will be rolling out the voter's guide. My goal had been to, to make it happen this Sunday. It's going to be a week from Sunday because there is a lot of work to do on it. 
There is 11 uh, state ballot questions, and then I'm going to talk about some of the local issues as well. Uh, For example, um, when I did submit arguments against the two Douglas County School District um, questions that are going to be on the ballot, the mill levy override, as well as a big new bond. And that will come out in the gray book. So the gray book's going to be coming out. You got, most of you probably have received the blue book. And there's a lot of kind of political maneuvering with the, uh, what happens in the blue book. But uh, the gray book, same thing. Um, but uh, that will come out here shortly. And the, the gray book is all tax questions. And so Tabor questions. And so that will be coming out very soon. But uh, anyway, our voter's guide will be published a week from this coming Sunday. So sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get first look at that. You can email me at Kim at Kim com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And then just want to mention, we have on the schedule, Steve, tomorrow we are going to be interviewing World War II veteran Battle of the Bulge. He, um, I, I think he was wounded at Battle of the Bulge, and he was with K Company, and that is Jim Sterner, and that will uh, be broadcasting here. Uh, i got to take a look at the schedule, but we're going to be doing that, that, um, that uh, interview tomorrow, so that should be pretty awesome, Steve. Every time we get one of those guys who saw, I mean, every conflict and had, you know, an array of different battles, but there are certain ones that really grab your attention. And the Battle of the Bulge, obviously, in the European theater was, I mean, it was so unexpected. And, uh, you know, the outcome was, I'm sure there were many times where the outcome was in doubt, but uh, the Allies prevailed and It'd be very interesting to hear this man's perspective. Yeah, yeah it's going to be great. So we're going to uh, we're sched- that's on the schedule tomorrow that you and I are going to record that. So uh, stay tuned on all that. And then also on Thursday night, John Caldera has a pretty funny sense of humor, and they're having an event, the Independence Institute. It's the not so libertarian block party uh, honoring Governor Jared Polis. As many of you know, Jared Polis is trying to make himself look like he's a libertarian. As we go down that little, little memory lane during COVID, we realize that, oh, he's not really libertarian. He's not really a live and let live kind of a guy. And uh, we've got a little list. Remember all those highway signs during COVID? Basically, stay home, save a life. Um, remember the dad that was arrested in the park? Do you remember that, Steve? Uh, dad in the park? Um, do you, I remember going over to Safeway and the outside... And tables where you could actually have a little picnic lunch, you know, buy your your food at the deli and sit out front and eat. That had a yellow police tape around it. And down at the park also, uh, all of the um, <laughs> uh, the playground equipment was uh, cordoned off. Remember that? That's not very libertarian, Steve. Do I remember <laughs> that? I was afraid that your uh, your blood pressure medication wasn't going to do its job. <laughs> Uh, yes. And uh, so anyway, there's going to be this um, great event, and that's going to be on Thursday evening at 5 o'clock. You can uh, go to I, the number, there, the letter I, to the number 2 org, and you can buy your tickets. They're 10 cents, except when you get all of the polis fees in there, they're actually 35 bucks. I hope he so. details those fees, by the way, and I'm sure he the, will because John does that kind of stuff. Yeah. And do you think uh, the governor will be uh, attending? 
I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it's to honor him, so we'll have to see. But actually, if you go to buy your ticket, uh, he has it all uh, broken out, how he gets to $35 and which different fees they are. So take a look at that. It's pretty interesting. Let's uh, let's get over here to our quote for today. And Thomas Sowell was born in 1930. He's an American author, economist, political commentator, social theorist, and senior fellow at the Hoover Institute, Stanford University. I tell you, I would love to have dinner with him. I would. Would that not be an amazing conversation? Uh, but he was born in North Carolina to a very poor family. They migrated up north to Harlem. He did military service for two years and during the Korean War. But he's just an ama- amazing thinker. But he said this, and I was thinking about Joe Biden and Joe Biden's recent speech where his, it wasn't really a speech, it was a screed, I would say, with the red background, which it just, it just not unifying the country, trying to divide us. And this is what Thomas Sowell said. He said, any politician who can be elected only by turning Americans against other Americans is too dangerous to be elected. What do you think about that, Steve? And we just had to go out and prove that back in 2008, didn't we? Yep, yep. And then again yeah. in 2012. Yeah. But I'm, not naming, the, I'm not naming names here. So. Right, right. Dividing people, putting people into groups. This is what socialists do, is they do not value the individual. They have to put people in groups and then try to pit these groups against each other. And so I was trying to think about it. Uh, because there are people that have accused Donald Trump of being very divisive. And and where I think he was divisive is is really uh, the, I, the idea of whether or not we should make America great, whether or not, uh, you know, we should support the American idea. And those that didn't support him, I, they actually had such disdain, such hatred for him. And Barack Obama, I didn't like his policies. In fact, I really, I guess I could say I hate his policies, but I can never say that I hated him. Um, Now, I know maybe other people feel that way, but I never felt that hatred. I never felt hatred towards people that supported him. In fact, I had friends. We got together still. I thought we disagreed. But man, when Donald Trump came on the the, um, landscape, many people... you know, walked away. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He said, I lost friends because of Donald Trump. And I thought, I don't think you lost friends. I think your friends lost you because they made the decision to walk away. And I had the same thing happen to me, Steve. Well, (laughs) we talked about this in pre-call and I'm thinking, okay, not opinion anymore. It's established fact from January of 2017 to January of 2021. We were shown what was possible in our economy, in employment, uh, energy, uh, a, a solid, uh, tangible attempt to uh, improve our security as a nation on our borders. We saw it all. And all we've seen in the last 18 months or so is the attempt to reverse all that, to tear it all down. It directly impacts you. And what is uh, our friend? Uh, oh, geez. The guy that we interviewed from California, Victor Davis Hanson, has said it's um, okay. I'm going reaching for big words here. 
But it, because it goes directly to you, it impacts you directly, like the price mm-hmm. of gasoline or what's happening in the stock market to, and the impact on your 401k. And yet there's people out there still denying it. I, this is the part mm-hmm. I cannot figure out. Well, and um, I, I think that we need to realize instead of focusing on those that are still denying it, so many people are waking up. There will be uh, just a portion of the population that, you know, they, they only look at Democrat versus Republican. This is not Democrat versus Republican. This is not right versus left. This is these are hard American questions. This inflation is affecting Everyone. So there is always going to be a small portion of people that are not going to pay attention to that. But um, I think more and more people are waking up and we need to continue um, to continue to bring truth and clarity to these issues. And that's what we do on the show every day is we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or their lives via force. And it could be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos, globalist elite's agenda, or what on earth could 87,000 IRS agents uh, be <laughs> all about? And that is... Um, they're authorized in the Democrats' Inflation Slash Income Reduction Act. And so we have to ask that. Listen, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, Hooters Restaurants, great sponsor of the show. And they have burger specials. They're holding the line right now, $11 for their burger specials Monday through Friday. And they've got all different kinds of specialty burgers. And so uh, be sure and check that out. And they've been sponsors of both the shows for quite some time. And it's a very interesting story how we got connected. It's a story about freedom, capitalism, and free markets. You can find that at my website. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking about uh, three women in in Europe right now that is pretty fascinating. And then in the third and fourth segment of this first hour, we'll talk with Bob Boswell, CEO of uh, Laramie Energy. And uh, the show's brought to you by Laramie Energy and uh, Karis Oil and Gas. And we know that efficient, affordable, abundant, and reliable energy is a real bedrock to us being able to go after our hopes and dreams and for humans to flourish and thrive. And there's a real assault on that. And um, and then Biden is uh, and his handlers are draining our strategic oil reserves. There can be a problem about that. We're going to talk with Bob on that in the third and fourth segment. So stay tuned. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? 
Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And Steve, during break, you mentioned something about Thomas Sowell, which I think is really important. He was born in 1930. And your reflection upon his life, I think, is, is uh, I'd like you to share that with everybody. Well, first of all, you bring so many great quote of the days to us. And I guess a lot of the people you went to school with. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bada boom. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so well, as soon as I looked at the, uh, you know, the dates that he was born, thinking, okay, here's a black man, African-American, who lived through, I mean, he did military duty, but, and so he saw some of the worst of it that could be seen. Uh, the uh, racism of the 50s and the 60s, and yet it did not harden his heart to not seeing what's really important in life. And, you know, a quote like this one, uh, I mean, you, that that's just gold. Well, it, it really is. And um, his love for America, um, I mean, and, and I'm going to just share it one more time if you, if you missed it. It was, he said, any politician who can be elected only by turning Americans against other Americans is too dangerous to be elected. And um, so let's talk a little bit. Speaking of that, elections, there's some really interesting stuff happening over in Europe. And, uh, of course, this is so interesting regarding this Georgia Maloney. And it says she's poised to become Italy's first female prime minister. And I was watching some of the evening shows last night. And she is a make Italy a great again kind of candidate. And, but they're painting her as far right. And, um, and this is from, let's see here, where am I at? This is from the New York Post. It says the far right po- politician is poised to become Italy's first female prime minister next week. She's blasted what she calls the LGBT lobbies. She wants a naval blockade against migrants and is backed by a party that recently picked a fight. They said with a cartoon pig. I don't know about that. It says she's tipped to win the general elections on September 25. Uh, I guess she already did. I um, I guess... Uh, well, I was thinking it was this Sunday, but maybe she... I need to, I need to be up to speed on that. Maybe she already did. Uh, Steve, um, I'm looking at an old thing here. But anyway, um, the EU head, um, President um, Ursula von der Leyen, Leyen uh, on Thursday said just ahead of Italy's national election that her approach is that whatever democratic government is willing to work with us, we're working together, but added, if things go in a difficult direction, referring to Italy, I've spoken with Hungary and Poland, and we have tools. So uh, it looks like there's going to be a conservative candidate, 
here in Italy, as well as Liz Truss, who is the new British Prime Minister, is also... Um, looks like she's mirroring somewhat some of Margaret Thatcher's policies. So it looks like there's something happening in Europe, Steve, that is very interesting. And the EU, uh, which has kind of had an iron fist, not an iron lady, had an iron fist over Europe. It looks like they're um, losing some of their power. And that's going to be super interesting on what happens there. Okay. Okay. We had... uh it's been a couple of years already since there was some more uh, upheaval within the European Union. And I distinctly remember some gentleman's protest in England, I think, protesting what was going on in Greece in terms of uh, labor unions. And uh, it was just nasty. But it, obviously the dollars were going were being sent to Greece to try to correct the situation there. And this guy is saying, wait a minute, that's my money. Uh, so the uh, people have had enough of the, the I, I don't know, can can I call the European Union concept a little bit leaning towards the left? And these well, countries are, are slowly but you know surely they're kind of, you know, uh, going through this. Hey, wait a minute. We this isn't going the way we want it to go. It does nothing for us here in this country. And we're all constantly being distracted by problems in other countries. Mm-hmm. Well, the EU and the World Economic Forum, their policies are uh, very, very aligned. And um, and then we're seeing right here in America, the Biden administration is p- pushing forward the World Economic Forum's um, agenda as well. And, and you made this contrast, Steve, in the first segment, uh, the difference between the policies of the Trump administration and how people, everyday people, no matter what your descriptor was, whether or not Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, gay, straight, whatever, everybody was prospering, thriving and prospering. Or And then what we're seeing here now under the Biden administration is unless you're one of the elites or one of the cronies, uh, inflation is really hurting everybody, no matter what your descriptor is, Steve. So um, I guess there's that equity in that there, there will all be miserable at the same time. All right. So here here we are in the U.S. We know what our situation is. You just talked about Italy and Great Britain. Was there a third country? No, those are the two right just now. The, the third, two. Okay. Yeah, the third, the third woman is this EU commissioner ah. who uh, she doesn't want to give up the power. Okay. So I find it so interesting. Three women in Europe and two of them are conservatives, meaning conserving this 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 idea of lower taxes and a bigger individual is really what that's about and then the EU that wants to maintain control over individuals and so and and then the other thing is is the mainstream media doesn't show it but all of these different protests throughout the world against these onerous policies of the EU and the World Economic Forum so it's super interesting uh, before we, I wanted to go through just these headlines that Patty had pulled regarding the vaccine, because uh, it says, first of all, this first one, this is from the Epic Times, Pfizer and Moderna are asking U.S. regulators for emergency authorization for new boosters for children. And we had Dr. Robert Malone on, who's a pioneer in the mRNA vaccine arena, and he said, absolutely do not va- um vaccinate your kids with this jab, this COVID-19 jab. And here we've got these 
I say big government and big business like each other. Just think about it. If they mandate that, then that goes to their bottom line because somebody has to pay for all of these um, these vaccines. But we're 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 seeing that there is danger for our children with these va- vaccines. And Dr. Malone said, "Do not vaccinate your children with this COVID nineteen jab." And then it goes to this next one again. The Epic Times there's on the forefront of of reporting these things. It says many vaccinated youth who suffered heart inflammation had abnormal MRI results months later. And this is from a CDC study. And how on earth could the CDC, how on earth could they do an emergency authorization for children? So um, concerned about that. Then again, this is Epic Times, vice director of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, revealed that to be a Chinese Communist Party official in charge of biosafety. And this is a newly discovered email from 2013 that discloses this. And um, so headline after headline is of great concern. Uh, And then the last headline that I wanted to mention here. And again, this is from the Epic Times. It says, doctor turns against messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccine and calls for a global pause. And it says this doctor promoted COVID-19 vaccines is now calling for health authorities around the world to pause administration of two of the most widely utilized COVID-19 vaccines, asserting that the benefits from the vaccines may not outweigh the risks. There is more than enough evidence and he said the evidence is overwhelming to pause the rollout of the vaccine. Dr. Asim Malhotra, a British cardiologist and evidence-based medicine expert, told the Epic Times. And this is a paper by him that was published on September 26th, detailed the evidence. Uh, and then I guess we could just go to the last one that I would like to mention. And this is from Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, and again, typically he's with the Epic Times. And he's, it's titled, Both Sides Need to Be Told That Trump Supporters Don't Like to Be re- Reminded of This. But Trump actually, early on, um, was in favor of shutting down the economy for 15 days to, to see what was going on. Interestingly enough, this is what uh, Dr. Deborah Burks had said, and uh, that... Um, It says, all sources we have so far testify that Trump greenlighted nationwide lockdowns the weekend of March 14, 15, 2020, under the influence of Deborah Burks, Anthony Fauci, Jared Kushner, and a few others. Brownstone has documented it this weekend in great detail. It says, this disastrous decision culminated in the press conference of March 16, 2020. At this event, the White House handed out uh, sheets of paper to the national media with the shocking demands. Governors should close schools and communities uh, that are near uh, areas of community transmission, even if those areas are in neighboring states. All states should follow federal guidelines or guidance and halt social visits to nursing homes and retirement and long-term care facilities, bars, restaurants, food courts, gyms, and other indoor and outdoor venues where groups of 15 or where groups of people congregate should be closed. It says Trump had agreed to 15 days to flatten the curve, which task force uh, coordinator Deborah Burks later admitted was a ruse, not just tricking the public, but Trump too. And then she writes, 15 days to slow the spread was a start, but I knew it would be just that. I didn't get this, Steve. I didn't have the numbers in front of me yet to make the case for extending it longer, but I had two weeks to get them. Or you might say two weeks to make them up. Uh, and then Trump did change his mind on that. <laughs> 
Um, is that too strong? Well, I mean, as we look back at it. <laughs> editorial comment there, but I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we look back, we realize that... Uh, that uh, many of these numbers were manufactured. I mean, we saw it right here in Colorado with that um, retirement uh, facility in Arapahoe County. We saw up in Grand County where the um, uh, coroner actually had looked at at, that there was a murder-suicide, and then as she was looking at it, the state of Colorado called them COVID deaths. So that's where I'm basing that comment, Steve. Okay. Hey, uh, can irony be humorous sometimes? It can be. What's up? Well, we talk about, I just, (laughs) the irony in this, a wind farm off the coast of Norway uh, is actually being shut down. You know why? Why? It's too windy. (laughs) And uh, what, didn't I read that parts are falling off of the wind turbines there Uh, because of the wind? There's some significant parts being thrown off the, you know, off off the wind uh, generator and they think for safety's sake, you need to shut it down and uh, you know, make sure everything's good and tight. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, here's a wind farm being shut down because it's too windy. Too windy. Yes, that is. The irony is pretty, pretty interesting. So, hey, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Bob Boswell. He is the CEO of Laramie Energy. And uh, this, this show is sponsored to you or, by Laramie Energy as well as Keras Oil and Gas. And my friends, reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy is what has fueled our human flourishing, and we're seeing such an assault on it, and one has to ask why. But Biden is doing something that is of great concern to me, and that is uh, draining our strategic oil reserves. Those are there. It's a rainy day fund, and I want to talk with Bob Boswell about that, so we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Roots Medical here with an exciting update about the practice. In addition to specialties in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical is thrilled to now offer pediatrics. Scheduling is easy, and the appointments are comprehensive, genuine, and focused on your child. Take control of your child's health care by scheduling at Roots Medical. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N 
Com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, Deeply concerned about what is happening in our energy sector uh, because affordable, reliable, efficient, and abundant energy has been the bedrock of uh, human flourishing. We've been living at the pinnacle of human flourishing, and there is such an assault on it from a public policy standpoint Uh, and uh, we're seeing the effects of that. And I wanted to talk with Bob Boswell about this. He is the uh, CEO of Laramie Energy. And uh, Bob Boswell, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Kim. Bob, uh, we people are starting to really understand how energy, uh, affordable, reliable, efficient, and abundant energy really um, is the bedrock to human flourishing. And there's been an assault on the industry through public policy for quite some time now. Um, and people are very frustrated as they're going to the pump, uh, as we're looking at what it's going to cost to heat homes in the, you know, as we're coming into fall and winter. Uh, and so Biden and his administration is draining our strategic oil reserves, I think, to try to keep the price down because of the election. But this is very dangerous for America. What's your thoughts on it? Well, you're exactly right, Kim. It is very dangerous for America. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve was uh, established after the Arab oil embargo, and uh, it was to prevent disruptions that would hurt the overall uh, U.S. economy and and the community and the American communities. Um, and so, it's only supposed to be used in emergency situations. I think it's been used twice. One was after the embargo, and then another time was uh, during a hurricane where we had disruptions of production and, and imports in uh, the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, to use it as a political tool is simply wrong, uh, and to use it going into an election, as he's doing, is a fraud on the American public. Um, what we've focused on is trying to suppress demand in this country, we're doing it by increasing the uh, Federal Reserve uh, requirement and the uh, and interest rates, while we should be focusing on supply. Biden administration, from an energy standpoint, has done just the opposite. They have only put up for sale some 130 to 140,000 acres of federal lands through their first 18 months or so of um, in office. Uh, that compares to over 4 million by most uh, administrations at the same time over the history of these federal leases. Uh, so that means less development on uh, federal lands. We've actually had to sue uh, the administration because of the suppression of leasing. It's part of the uh, <clears throat> the BLM, part of the uh, regulations related to that, that they're supposed to put these federal lands up for sale. So, you know, they've done that. Uh, they've uh, stopped the Keystone Pipeline, uh, which would have been a uh, a element of support for increased uh, crude coming into the United States. Uh, they have um, limited uh, uh, permits. Uh, the state of Colorado has been uh, uh, 
very far behind in the uh, uh, issuance of permits for drilling in the state. These high prices have finally caught their attention. We're starting to get more movement on that, which is the right thing to do. But it's from a policy standpoint, it's been um, uh, just exactly the opposite of what should be done. They're trying to uh, suppress supply, and when you do that, prices go up. They're also trying to tax higher. When you tax something, you get less of it. So the policies, by and far, uh, have been uh, against what's in the best interest of the American public for uh, secure, reliable, affordable energy prices. And the uh, use of the uh, reserve as a political tool is simply wrong. It's defrauding the American public, uh, just as they have with this latest uh, uh, misnamed Inflation Reduction Act, which <clears throat> focuses on a tremendous amount of money going into renewables. Renewables have a, a place in the energy equation, but uh, not at what cost and at what risk is a question and over what point of time. So um, this is just another uh, element or demonstration of them misusing their, uh, their political power uh, uh, that's not in the best interest of the American public. Well, and Bob, uh, producer Steve brought up, I think, just a really good basic point that people need to be questioning. And uh, there's um, XL Energy is uh, on schedule to shut down some of our clean burning coal fired. Uh, plants here in Colorado, and uh, and then let's see, we had a headline yesterday that uh, expected that energy prices to heat our homes are going to go up significantly this um, this winter. But producer Steve, I mean, we should all be asking this question: if you're if you're taking megawatts offline, how will you replace that megawatt for megawatt? Because uh, we're still going to need that energy. And then also, what is the cost, the cost comparison? And that seems so basic, but um, people have not been asking that question. I think they're starting to ask that question as they're seeing the effects of these terrible policies. Well, I think so. And, what you know, the renewables, as I've said, have a place, um, but they have to be backed up by uh, either coal-fired or gas-fired. Uh, coal has to run on a continuous basis, continuous temperature, Gas can be fired up uh, from uh, single-cycle turbine engines, but it's a duplicate cost. And uh, it's uh, uh, important to, uh, I think, have an element of renewables, but you can't have it where we're totally dependent on renewables, which is part of the policy objectives of the Biden administration. And I think Governor Polis has even said there wouldn't be any fossil fuels in Colorado by 2035. Well, that's bad policy. I think uh, uh, today we're supplying uh, with fossil fuels something between 70 and 80 percent and as high as 85 percent of American electricity. So um, we've got bad policies. Uh, They're using uh, fear, uh, climate change uh, as a as a weapon to uh, to try to have political uh, gains. And it's it's just wrong. Well, and Governor Polis is trying, now that he's up for election, he's trying to portray himself as a libertarian. It's not very libertarian, the amount of force and coercion that he has been using on this. And I wanted to make one other point regarding the 
Inflation Reduction Act. Actually, it should be named the Income Reduction Act because it's going to hurt everyday people. But it is certainly a green bill, that's for sure. But it's it's uh, it's the other kind of green that's so involved in that, and that is money. We're seeing all kinds of money in that going towards um, uh, uh, the renewables or this this green um, you know green climate change uh, agenda. But there is a lot of money, and that's the other kind of green that's involved in that, uh, Bob and. Um, it's it's going to be taking green out of the the pockets of everyday people and putting it into um you know i would say cronies of this particular uh agenda um your comments on that well you don't have any left any further than former white house climate advisor john podesta who worked in previous democratic regimes and you know he's a uh, one of the activists on the climate change legislation pushing these things through, but a lot of it has directed towards self-interest. Um, and I, you know, I think we've seen that. And you're exactly right. It's uh, what costs and what risk. And right now, we know <clears throat> uh, that wind and solar provide intermittent energy. Uh, it's expensive, and when you add the backup, it makes it doubly expensive. So. Um, it's it's not in the best interest of the American people. It hurts um, it hurts lower income families the most. Where energy costs become a very significant portion of their budget. Uh, we need a policy that says let's develop American resources. Let's keep energy prices stable and affordable, uh, and not go after <clears throat> somewhat whimsicals. Uh, uh, objectives that uh, aren't realistic uh, simply for political gain. Well, and Bob, I think that everyday people can't believe that, and I think that they can't believe that there actually would be people that we've that are in elected office here in America that would not have Americans best interests in mind. I mean, I think that's been a tough nut for people to to really crack, but and it, it took me a while, but I don't think these people are in inco- incompetent. I think that these are actually the policies that they're putting forward that that um, I, I hate to say it, but that, that want to hurt Americans. I, I, I know that's kind of a, a bold statement, um, but it sure, I don't think they're that incompetent, Bob. Well, I think you don't have to look much further than George Soros and the World Economic Forum to see that their policies are really towards uh, more of a centralized government uh, with power to delegate and, and d- distribute wealth among uh, uh, among various uh, citizens and countries, and it's all a power uh, centralization type of grab. Uh, you know, I think you can also look at the Biden family and see the wealth that he's accumulated as by being in public office over a number of years. <clears throat> We've seen the scandals with his son. You know, he's uh, supposedly the big guy that they're, you know, they found records uh, referring to the big guy. Uh, that has to be Biden, the, the now president, then vice president. Um, so it's, <clears throat> you know, a lot of it's self-interest. A lot of it's just ego <clears throat> and power grab. Um, and a lot of it's an ideology that is simply wrong. I think, you know, it's as though they don't realize that taxes are paid from profits and you have to have businesses and, and private enterprise to generate those profits, to generate 
uh, ideas to generate innovation, and you suppress that, and you get you spread worldwide poverty, not worldwide economic health. Ab- absolutely, and we've made such great strides on world hunger, on uh, across the globe, and now we hear. Uh, telegraphed by the Biden administration and others that there's going to be food shortages. It's all manufactured. Before we go to break, uh, you mentioned Biden. And so I just did a real quick search on his net worth. And it says his net worth is estimated at $8 million, which I think that might be low. But this is from Forbes uh, last year. It said Joe Biden earned $17.3 million over the four years that he was out of office. But his net worth is only an estimated $8 million. Um, I find that uh, I find that rather interesting. I, you wonder where that $17.3 million is. I'm just going to let that be uh, be out there um, because, um, you know, maybe. Anyway, I'm not going to make a comment on that. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with, uh, continuing the conversation with Bob Boswell about uh, how important uh, reliable, efficient, abundant, and uh, um, affordable energy is for our lives. So we'll be right back with Bob Boswell. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Don't buy a gun for just in case. In these uncertain times, you want to protect yourself, and Franktown Firearms will train and equip you to do so. When you buy a gun, plan on possibly having to use it in case of an emergency where you need to defend yourself. When you have a gun but aren't trained on how to properly use it, it's just irresponsible. The most important part of protecting yourself and your loved ones is being a responsible gun owner, including training on safety and usage. You can keep yourself safe with the proper tools and training from Franktown Firearms. Your firearm is the safeguard to your security when used properly. When you're unsure about the future of your security, remember that Franktown Firearms is your resource no matter your experience level. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to contact the team directly or visit their website at ffgc.co slash training for course information. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're in an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Bob Boswell. He is CEO of Laramie Energy. 
And uh, this show is brought to you uh, by Laramie Energy as well as Karis Oil and Gas. And we are realizing how important affordable, abundant, reliable, and efficient energy is for us to thrive and prosper, for us to go after our hopes and our dreams. And there has been an assault on hydrocarbons, which has been the bedrock of that. And through a public policy standpoint, um, and and through just kind of ma- mainstream media, uh, and so people are starting to realize that this is a uh, is really an assault on our individual uh, freedom, our individual lives. So Bob Boswell, um, politics is such an interesting thing, and I've got a great quote by Thomas Sowell for the end of the show. But uh, Joe Manchin, he caved on this uh, income reduction act, um, and. Um, supported that and then uh, supposedly there was this deal that I my understanding that was made that that there would be a um, permitting process that would be helpful to West Virginia so anyway this is uh, Patty pulled this off of the hill it says Manchin is surprised by McConnell's opposition says you can be a hero one day and a villain the next but it said that um, Manchin was caught by surprise when Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and other Senate Republicans decided to oppose his permitting reform bill, which means it will likely fail on the Senate floor this week. And that has been another way that the oil and gas industry has has been controlled is through the permitting process. So I'm surprised that McConnell is not supporting it. What's your thoughts on that, uh, Bob? Well, my thoughts are that Senator Manchin was a, a disappointment <clears throat> on the energy reform. What he's doing was self-serving. Uh, it was not only there were two two bargaining points that were important uh, to him. One's the Mountain States pipeline, which had been uh, uh, regulated uh, into a standstill, uh, and he traded a, <clears throat> a promise to help get a it passed through that they could build this Mountain State pipeline, which benefits um, uh, West Virginia and, and some of the surrounding states as well. Um, by being able to uh, move gas out. Um, that doesn't help the particular local prices, but it was uh, one of the bargaining chips. The other was the uh, permitting reform bill. Well, we've seen what the minister- Biden administration has done from a permitting standpoint on federal lands. First, they were not going to issue any uh, new leases, <clears throat> much less permits. A lawsuit resulted in them releasing, I think, uh, to date and these numbers may be stale, but something like only 143,000 acres compared to generally around over 4 million acres put up for lease wow. in the Gulf of Mexico and the western states. And, it's, you know, it's hurt, hurt the western states because 70% of the lands out uh, in the Rocky Mountain areas um, and west is, is federal. Uh, <clears throat> so he, he got bargain chips with Schumer that Schumer can't deliver, and he forgot about that there's also the Republican Party that would support permitting and regulatory reforms if they're good. Uh, but they, if they're poor reforms, if it's a poor bill, um, that's going to probably just mire things down more, uh, you can't support it. And that's what McConnell's looking at is this is, this is a so-called reform bill that has no teeth. Okay, so the optics on this mansion really looks like, I think it looks like he has egg on his face right now then. Well, I think he uh, he was naive <laughs> on his own party, uh, frankly. I think he 
trusted Schumer to be able to deliver, and he also thought that this would uh, get him in better stead in the Democratic Party, where he's a, you know, in a West Virginia is more of a red state than a blue state, and uh, that this was a bargaining chip for West Virginia that would probably further assure his continuation as a senator there. I think it's backfiring on him. Uh, so it's disappointing. He was a strong uh, proponent of, of resource development in the U.S., and he kind of folded uh, on political pressure. And he had a lot of it. I mean, it, uh, yeah. his you know, uh, stead, he did try to stay the course, but buckled at the end. Yeah. And of course, the other thing, and I think he was naive, is even if he did, even if the promises of Schumer in the Senate uh, stood to try to get this through the House with Pelosi and all, I think would have, I mean, I don't I don't think that probably would have happened. And, and we've seen different articles about that. Um, Bob, let's just finish the show up talking about Colorado. Uh, Jared Polis is uh, trying to make himself look li- libertarian. Um, but as we look at the bureaucracies that he, he puts the bureaucrats in place there, uh, what has happened in the oil and gas industry from a permitting standpoint and rules and regulations. He is anything but libertarian on this. But he is um, trying to, and, and well, and another thing, there the Democrats passed this new gas fee, uh, but they're delaying it till after the election. I mean, if, if, if they're going to pass it, I think they need to, to stand up and say, hey, this is what we're doing. They know people don't like that. But what's your thoughts about this election that's coming up here in Colorado? Well, I would hope that Governor Polis has an awakening, but I doubt that. I think it's, again, just political antics uh, to try and appear to be uh, more conciliatory, uh, more focused on Colorado than his own personal ambitions. Um, and I, uh, But I've seen SB 181, what it's done to, you know, uh, to put additional burdens, additional layers, uh, on the oil and gas industry to thwart development to make high energy prices higher. They recently passed a financial assurance bill, which uh, is going to uh, take several million dollars out of the industry that could go forward on development, providing um, you know additional supply and lower costs, more affordable. Uh, and simply, it's belt and suspenders. It's just another form of tax they put on there. Uh, we already are paying $10 million a year into a fund for orphan wells. Um, and they put this on, on top of it. And so the whole industry is having to make payments uh, that are unnecessary. And we often don't know where these funds go once they go into the uh, coffers of the, you know, the government and the different state agencies. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing <laughs> right now, uh, to use an analogy. And uh, I would hope that... Uh, He's awoke, but it doesn't appear that. I know he has uh, strong political ambitions, and this is just, I think, one way of trying to recover from some bad policies that are affecting uh, uh, the energy industry in Colorado and and, uh, Colorado communities in terms of their costs for energy. Well, and to your point, that was Senate Bill 19 in 2019-181. And the people of Colorado had voted the previous November. Uh, there was a very onerous um, uh, 
question on the ballot and it was defeated soundly and it was about setbacks and, and it would be different ways that would increase energy costs to everyday people and um, it was very onerous for the uh, hydrocarbons industry and, and that was resoundingly defeated and then just three months later, I, I think it was like three or four months later, the Senate Bill 181 was passed that was even more onerous than what this particular question was on the ballot and so it was really a slap in the face to the the voters of Colorado but right now he's trying to distance himself from from that so uh, Bob Boswell it's always great to have you on the show really appreciate your sponsorship as well as Karis uh, Oil and Gas uh, what's the final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today well I think elections matter and we're coming into November and you're gonna, we're seeing some manipulation going into November by those in power to try to make things appear to be better than they are to try to make it look as though inflation's ebbing. It's not. This latest bill that they, the Inflation Reduction Act is just as you described it, the Economic Reduction Act. Uh, I hope people uh, understand that, understand that uh, policies matter and that we need a change in administrations uh, at both the local and the, and the federal level um, to uh, put new policies in that will help the economic recovery of, uh, of our state and our, our nation. Uh, well said, Bob Boswell. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again next month. Thank you, Kim. Okay. Thomas Sowell, this is a quote, important one. He said, no one really understands politics until they understand that politicians are not trying to solve our problems. They're trying to solve their own problems, of which getting elected and reelected are number one and number two. Whatever is number three is far behind. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome uh, to the Kim, uh, the Kim Munson Show. This is hour number two. Uh, as you all know, the show is broadcast 6 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, the first hour is rebroadcast uh, 1 to 2 in the afternoon. The second hour, 10 to 11 at night. That's on all KLZ 560 platforms. That would be KLZ 560 a.m., KLZ 100.7 FM, the KLZ website, as well as the KLZ app. So thank you to each and every one of you who are listening. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Yes, we call it totally terrific Tuesday. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have work to do. Um, there's so much going on out there, but check out our website, sign up for our weekly newsletter. A week from this Sunday, we are going to roll out our voter's guide, which will be um, 
analyzing each of the state issues on the ballot, as well as some of the local issues. For example, there's uh, some school district uh, questions on Douglas County, a new um, mill levy override, as well as a new bond. Uh, we're a no on that, a no on the Douglas County open space um, a sales tax ex- extension. Um, we'll talk about the ranked choice voting question up in Fort Collins. And then I have to just address the city of Denver or Denver, is it Denver County or Denver, whoever Denver has on their ballot, um, a new tax for the f- per, per foot of sidewalk in front of your house. Just think about how much that's going to cost somebody on a corner lot. And when we talk about uh, the World Economic Forum, by 2030, you will own nothing and you'll be happy about it. One of the ways they're going to do this is they're going to tax people out of their houses. So let's think about that little retired co- uh, couple that's living in, in Denver and they're on a corner lot. Their taxes are going to go up significantly because of the sidewalk around their house. I want to go I, out and, and find that one for Denver because usually they have to make the case for it. And I'd like to see what case they're making. What possible case could they be making for taxing your sidewalk? Well, certainly sidewalks. We want to have sidewalks where that are in good um uh, good condition that they're not that people won't trip on them but uh, it seems to me if you're having to pay for the sidewalk maybe you could charge tolls for people that are walking on the sidewalk then right i want to see it <laughs> okay let's uh, let's continue on here um but that we'll have our uh, voter's guide and that will roll that out a week from sunday and it'll be a very good analysis and you you may not agree with me and that is okay but we want people to be informed voters, not influenced voters. And as we get into election season, we see that there is all kinds of influence trying to go on, uh, occurring with television ads. And you need to be drilling down a little bit deeper than that. You mean like and, a, a, a U.S. senator standing in the Arkansas River fly fishing? That kind of influence? Yes, that kind of influence, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And... Uh, <laughs> Yes, that exactly. Or we see the 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 thing with Polis about the shoes, um, and he's spending so much money. It's I mean he really he really wants to get reelected right now, and the reason is is because he has uh, his eyes on a higher office. Yes, and if he is defeated here, it tarnishes his political uh, image, and uh, he doesn't want to let that happen. So. It's going to get real interesting. But uh, anyway, I want to continue on here as far as uh, our quote for today is from Thomas Sowell. And he was born in 1930, an American author, economist, political commentator, social theorist, and senior fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. He was born in North Carolina to a poor family. They moved up north to Harlem, New York. He served uh, during the Korean War. And he said, any politician who could be elected only by turning Americans against other Americans is too dangerous to be elected. And I think we need to look no further than uh, Joe Biden's recent screed in front of that red backdrop where he is really trying to divide people, put people into groups, pit these groups against each other. Uh, That is not the American idea, Steve. It's not. And besides the the red hue in the background, do you recall where there's some service members standing at uh, parade rest behind yes. him? I thought no, yes. that that was incredibly bad. Uh, just not well done. I mean, the military nope. is not supposed to be there participating in your 
you know, political, whatever you want to call that mess. Theater. Theater, yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. And uh, so, again, and Thomas Sowell, and in the first hour, you made such a great point, Steve, and that is, is he was born in 1930. So he was a child during the Depression. He lived through World War II, the Korean War, uh, the Vietnam War, the upheaval uh, during the whole civil rights unrest here in America. And even at th- as he looks at all that, he realizes that those that want to divide us, we should not be electing them. We need people that will unite us, that we can unite around this great American idea that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just made me think of Biden struggling with that. Uh, he couldn't think of who who uh, gave us those rights. You, you know, the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The Declaration of Independence. OK. Um, bef- and uh, this show, we've got a great guest as well. We had Bob Boswell on in hour one. He's with Laramie Energy. We talked about Biden. Uh, the Biden administration draining our strategic oil reserves for political purposes. This is very dangerous and puts us in a in a dangerous position, uh, particularly with our enemies. And the world is a much more dangerous place under the Biden administration versus the Trump administration. Remember how the mainstream media s- said, oh, Trump will get us into wars. Well, Trump is the only president from either party that did not get us into a war. And uh, and here we have, it's a much more dangerous world where we're at right now. But there were two headlines I wanted to get to before we talk with Adam Angieski with Open the Books. And the first is uh, that Colorado has adopted new contribution limits for school board campaigns. And this is why it matters. This is from Colorado Politics. It says, says, the Colorado Secretary of State adopted new campaign finance regulations Friday to implement contribution limits passed earlier this year. And this stems from House Bill 1060. It caps contribution amounts made to school board candidates and House Bill 1156, which updates reporting requirements for public officials. The new rules approved under HB um, 1060 will limit contributions to school board candidates to $2,500 for individuals and $25,000 for small donor committees. Currently, there's no limit on how much someone can give to school board candidates. Steve, what I see missing here is uh, limits on what unions can give to school board candidates. And this is how they play it. They limit individuals on what they can give, but yet I don't see any limits over here on unions. And this is another way for unions to really affect uh, these school board elections. And when I say the other side, the radical activists uh, that are controlling the Democrat Party are playing long ball, this is exactly what I mean, is uh, they are trying to uh, make the, the playing field as unlevel as possible in favor of their particular agenda, Steve. But do it in a way that, you know, it's not readily perceived. Now, did I hear you correctly? This came from the Secretary of State's office? Right. And so these these two pieces of legislation were passed, and then uh, apparently they must have given the power, uh, as they've given other power, to this particular Secretary of State to make the rules on this. Yeah. Okay. Next. Okay. And the other one is, is this is from the Western Journal. It says American consumers have turned on the fake meat industry. It says it was a once thriving market struggling to grow for a number of reasons, including oversaturation, high prices compared to real meat and a perception problem. And this is um, 
a Monday report from Bloomberg revealed. This is thanks to these factors. The fake meat industry sales are dropping precipitously. And as of September 4, the sale of refrigerated fake meats had dropped 10.5% compared to the year prior. Now, this is where the free market is uh, actually uh, controlling something versus regulators coming in, which they are trying to shut down our beef industry. We talked with Bob Boswell, trying to shut down our oil and gas industry, our beef industry. These are things, uh, let people make their own choices on this instead of them uh, making these particular decisions. But wait a minute, didn't your governor have a meat, meat out day that, you know, that particular industry should have got quite a shot in the arm? Ah, one would think so. But actually, uh, <laughs> when he did that, uh, Coloradans showed up and they showed their support for our livestock industries and for our beef industry. So let's go to break. Before we do that, though, I wanted to mention uh, the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, they are raising money for a new um, or to remodel the uh, memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. They're going to have a great event in October. We're going to be getting more information to you about that. I mean, a great event. It's going to be a luncheon, so we'll, we're going to tease that just a little bit, and we'll have the details for you soon. But if you want to help them, you can go to the US usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's the usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back with Adam Angieski with Open the Books. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And, of course, taxes are force. Uh, it's taking money from one person and um, using it for something else or giving it to somebody else. And I think all of us realize that uh, some taxes are are necessary. But uh, we are way off the rails now with uh, government so huge. And uh, in California, speaking of off the rails, is uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. And uh, he's doing all kinds of bad policies there. But I wanted to to talk with Adam Angieski. He is the CEO of Open the Books. And they are doing amazing work as far as being watchdogs on um, taking a look at where the money is coming from, where it's going. He's just doing a great job. Adam Angieski, welcome to the show. Great to be on the program, Kim. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, uh, you've written, you, you, people can find you over at Substack, on Open the Books at Substack, and you've written a really important piece about Governor Newsom. He solicited state vendors for campaign donations, and amazingly, he got over $10 million of campaign donations, but from these vendors that had received like $6.2 billion of, of business from California. Do I have that right on that, Adam? Yeah, the numbers are pretty significant. So Newsom solicited up to a thousand state vendors. He received ten point six million dollars in campaign donations. And Kim, that represents about forty percent of his of his cash on hand at this point. Uh, as of August first of this year, he had twenty four million dollars in his campaign fund. Ten point six million of that came from state vendors. Wow, and so this is like scratch, you know, I, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. And uh, money is important in campaigns, correct? Yeah, it's the mother's milk of politics. So think about this. Governor Newsom has pioneered the public financing of his campaign in California. Uh, the largest corporations in the state, they have massive state contracts. They have quasi public-private partnerships, virtual marketplace monopolies on state business. We're talking utilities and banking and telcos, uh, just to name a few of the areas. And what they do is they take a piece of their profits, they recycle it back into Governor Newsom's campaign fund to preserve the status quo where they're reaping their huge and massive state contracts. Think if, uh, you know, for instance, in the healthcare industry, you got seven major players you know, the two blues, United uh, Healthcare, Kaiser Permanente, the companies, the political action committees, their key executives, employees, they put nearly $700,000 into Newsom's campaign fund. Just last year, they received $1.9 billion. So if you don't like the premiums of your healthcare in the state of California, if you want reform, if you want healthcare price transparency, and these big corporations are flouting and bumming their nose and posting their prices, Good luck. You're not going to get help from the governor. They got seven hundred grand into them, and they're paying them nearly two billion a year. Well, and what's interesting as you're talking about this, Adam, is I had an experience 
here in my hometown, I served on city council from 2012 to 2016, and it was really an eye-opening experience because I saw how the sausage is being made. But there was a a tax hike question uh, recently uh, for my hometown, and... um, as we did an analysis on it, we didn't think that it was necessary higher and higher taxes. The way to actually increase tax revenue is to uh, unleash the um, the private economy. And as that grows, tax revenues go up. But um, it was a very interesting experience because uh, it was basically just a few of us grassroots that tried to defeat it. But um, one of the things that was very frustrating is that it, they really, the city council and the mayor, they really used scare tactics to get this, this passed. They said, oh, if we don't pass this, uh, police protection, you know, might be, uh, we might have to reduce that, just a variety of things. But as I looked at the campaign finance reports for those that were supporting this, I saw many of the vendors or many of the organizations contribute to this uh, campaign for the tax increase that also had contracts with the city. And so, and and this is supposedly a Republican city. Uh, so it's happening on both sides of the aisle, not only at the state level, but at the local level as well, Adam. Well, absolutely. Um, This is an unholy alliance. When you recycle public dollars back into your campaign fund, when you have interest before the state or interest before the city and you donate, that is, you know, I think it's a 95 percent issue across the board, regardless of party. It may be legal, but it's certainly unethical. Now, in California, this was a a 10 year knockdown, drag out dogfight over the course of the last decade, the last 10 years that we fought to open the line-by-line spending in the state of California. So this report on Governor Gavin Newsom, this is the first time that we've given oversight to the California State Checkbook in history. It was a historic accomplishment when our auditors at OpenTheBooks.com posted 6.2 million records from 201,000 state vendors who just last year in fiscal year 2021 received $87 billion. It's up on our website for the first time in history. Kim, think about this. We did with the governor, the controller, the attorney general, the lawmakers, the state bureaucrats. We had sued the controller in court. We lost. We did what the state judge refused to do. We opened the books on the line-by-line spending in the state of California for the first time in history. Oh, my gosh. Um what what would you say is just the huge takeaway uh, other and maybe it's just this that uh, how there's a recycling of the money to a campaign is that the big takeaway or is there something else yeah i mean governor newsom you know he he's got california locked up and he's making no uh, secret of his plans to run across the country for president so what we did is we mapped his campaign donor disclosures on an interactive map by zip code. So you can actually check your zip codes right there in Colorado, and you can see who, by name, is giving how much money to Governor Newsom's campaign fund. When you look at the – we mapped it by zip code. There's pins everywhere across the country. And so this, this is a map of somebody who is a gainful candidate for the president of the United States. Okay, and you have this map here at Open the Books as well, right? Yeah, it's right on our homepage in the map section. It's the first map uh, in that map section, and you can click on the map, and you can see by zip code, like I say, across the entire country, 
where Governor Newsom's campaign cash is coming from. Well, and Governor Newsom apparently is running ads in Florida. Um, and uh, my, Steve, our producer, had found this meme. It says, it's so interesting that uh, he's running ads on televisions in Florida where people can still turn their televisions on versus California, where the people have been receiving messages to uh, not uh, charge their electric cars, which they're trying to force people into, uh, you know, not run your appliances. I mean, California is on the road to disaster under this um, Demo- the Democrats and Newsom's um, time that he's uh, governor there. Yeah, so think about it. There's five utility companies that kicked over $400,000 worth of campaign donations to Governor Newsom. Just last year, those five utility companies received $430 million in state payments alone. So again, here you have an example in a, in a you know, in a in, a, in an area that is so critical to the ongoing concern of the state of California, and that's energy. And utilities. And and it's completely legal. It's the Wild West in California. There's no prohibition on what is called in other states pay-to-play. These utility companies, like I say, in quasi-marketplace monopoly position with government, are recycling their profits back into Newsom's campaign fund, preserving the status quo, and receiving hundreds of millions of dollars worth of state contract payments. So if you want reform in California in energy good luck is california lost no i mean look in america nothing's ever lost things can turn around you know rapidly reagan proved that i just spoke this past weekend at the reagan ranch center in santa barbara california at a private tour of the reagan ranch up at the top of the mountain it's a seven seven mile climb on a narrow county road up to the top it's uh, it's rather rare to get a get a private tour. Um, thankfully, Young America's Foundation. I was a speaker there, and this was a part of the weekend. It was absolutely extraordinary. You know, Reagan turned around the country after the malaise of Carter and the pre- previous presidents, and right now we're in the same situation. But here's the message: It's morning in America. You know, when I was up there at the Reagan Ranch, you know, we have more technology now in our pockets with our iPhone than what Reagan had in his fight against the Soviet Union that ended communism at that time on a peaceful basis. You know, we've got we've to recognize this golden moment in the last 5,000 years of human history where our rights come from God and not government, and we've got to grab it. Now is the best time in all of human history to promote our principles and values. We have to recognize that. Uh, I love that. Uh, let's go to break. I'm talking with Adam Angieski. He is the CEO of Open the Books, and he has put uh, California's uh, financial information, they've gone through it, which is a monumental job, uh, and but this transparency is so important. And we see, again, on both sides of the aisle, this fight against transparency. But we must demand that, and that's one of the things that Open the Books is doing. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Adam Angieski. And then the last segment of the show is call-ins. I want to hear from you, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back with Adam Angieski with Open the Books. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. 
Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Hey, everybody. Roots Medical here with an exciting update about the practice. In addition to specialties in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical is thrilled to now offer pediatrics. Scheduling is easy, and the appointments are comprehensive, genuine, and focused on your child. Take control of your child's health care by scheduling at Roots Medical. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Adam Angieski. He is the CEO of Open the Books. The work that they are doing to bring transparency to government is so important. And uh, Adam Angieski, I was thinking about this quote from James Madison. He said, it will be of little avail to the people that the laws are made by men of their own choice. If the laws be so voluminous that they cannot be read or so incoherent that they cannot be understood. And so what that means to me is it makes it difficult to understand it. Transparency is a big part of this. And I'd like to know your journey. How did you end up um, founding Open the Books and getting into this work of transparency? Because uh, it seems like, again, on both sides of the aisle, I call them PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties want to keep things difficult for people to understand. They don't want to be have any watchdogs. They want, don't want people to understand what's going on. How did this journey occur for you, Adam Angieski? So, you know, my father in 1976 and 1978 ran against one of the most corrupt Illinois politicians in history. Now, that means something. You know, I'm from Illinois. It is the Super Bowl of corruption. And obviously, we're legendary, specifically with our governors and others, for corruption. But my dad ran against who would end up being one of the Illinois governors that spent time in the federal penitentiary. But he was he was a state rep at the time. His name was George Ryan, a Republican. My dad was a conservative Democrat at the time. We came across with Reagan in 1980 as a family uh, to become Republicans. But at the time, uh, my father uh, ran small quarter page, hear no, see no, speak no evil monkeys uh, on government corruption and Ryan in the local newspaper. And Ryan ran full-page ads, vote for the good government team, vote for George Ryan. (laughs) Unfortunately, my dad lost those elections, but it instilled in me the nobility of public service and that good people need to step up and need to take a stand. And so, you know, I started out in private enterprise. I had an exit. I looked around for an issue that could make a big difference. Uh, that issue that I settled on was transparency. And it's in the United States Constitution. As you know, Kim, it's in the powerful appropriations clause of Article 1, Section 9. 
And it says that a regular statement and account of the receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be published from time to time. And there's a clear interpretation today. Post every dime online in real time. Open the books. And we're foremost in the country on transparency. Last year, we filed 50,000 Freedom of Information Act requests. It was the most in American history. And we successfully captured virtually every dime taxed and spent at every level, federal, state, and local. We posted on our website at openthebooks.com for free so everybody can search it. And hold government accountable, the political class, Republicans and Democrats, for their tax and spend decisions. Well, uh, uh, and and this is so important, but... uh, and I've seen it on both sides of the aisle. They, the PBIs want to keep people confused. They, they don't, they want to make it so complicated for people to understand that. But at Open the Books, uh, so let's say that I'm, I'm, this is the first time I've, I've heard about you and I, I want to learn more about Gavin Newsom and all of the spending. How easy is it for an everyday person who's busy with their lives, taking care of their kids? How easy is it for them to go to Open the Books and understand what's going on? Well, I, I think you got to start where you live. So let's just talk about right there in Colorado. So if you come to OpenTheBooks.com, the first thing you're going to be hit with is a splash page with a video, how to search. Watch it. Then enter your email address uh, so you're on our subscriber list. So you get our, so you get, you know, all of the work we do because you can learn from what we do. Um, the next thing you just search your local units of government. So we've got the payrolls. Oftentimes we have the vendor checkbooks up there of of your local units. We've got 15,000 local units of government across the country with their vendor checkbooks, but every single, virtually every single public employee with their salaries are on there. So if you want to know what the salary is of the principal at your local K-12 school district, it's on our website. You can just come there for free and search it. And it's easy. The how to search video is basically a minute and, and it unlocks all the keys to the website. So all our hard work, you can have free access to um, if you just watch the video and search away. Now you're going to have questions. And, you know, I mean, look, I'd go to the school board meeting. I think it's all incumbent upon us after Merritt Garland sicked the FBI on parents at school board meetings. All of us have to show up at the school board meeting and give public comment. So whatever you see on the website, ask a question about it and force them to answer. Exercise your First Amendment right to free speech. Okay. And I need to search this. I, I'm on the website on how to search. So it is, this isn't every municipality and every county in America, is it? I mean, that's monumental yeah. to, to try to do that. That's right. That's what we've done. It, it took, like I said, you know, I, what I've understood over the years is people only catch about 5% of what I say. But when I say we've filed... 50,000 Freedom of Information Act requests last year. That's true. 50,000 units of government are on our website. It's basically any substantial unit in the country. What's left are units of government that are doing their payroll on paper. I kid you not. They're so small. Uh, they're basically inconsequential. But we've got, we've got virtually everything that you'd be interested in on the website. 
Oh, I think this is absolutely great. Now, uh, are you a 501c3? If people, I know, I mean, you're not taking government money, obviously, to do this. So you're being funded through individuals and those that care about uh, this transparency, correct, Adam? Yeah, we take no government money. So even at the height of the pandemic, you know, we qualified for $300,000 worth of paycheck protection loans, which would have been forgiven as a grant. We didn't take that. There were, quote, unquote, watchdog organizations in Washington, D.C., on the center right, certainly on the left. They took millions of dollars from government. We would never do that. That would compromise our mission. We never take government money. We're 100 percent privately funded. Okay, and 501c3, is it, is it tax de- deductible? Yes. Yeah, all donations. Whoops, I, I lost you for just a minute. Uh, is it tax deduct- uh, deductible, Adam? Okay, I think that we lost him. Uh, and uh, so we're talking with Adam Angieski at Open the Books. I realize that, um, okay, Adam, I lost you for just a minute. If people contribute to you, is that tax deductible? Yes, we're a 501c3 recognized uh, by the IRS, and, and donations are fully taxable to the greatest extent of the law. Okay, very good. And I'm just going through here. I find this, I mean, you have the Bennett Fire Protection District. This is just super awesome. Uh, so the final thought, we're just about out of time. An- Adam Angieski, this is just great work that you're doing. What's the final thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, you can't complain about Washington, D.C. or your own state capital, the governance there, if you don't have good government where you live, where you have reputation, where your kids go to school, where you know all the different relationships in play. So I encourage you just to come to our website and start searching. You will have questions. Demand answers of your public officials. Remember, they work for you. Oftentimes, right now in today's world, these unelected government bureaucrats or our elected public officials, they think we work for them. Remind Mm -hmm. them. Use the powerful tool of transparency to remind them they work for us. That's the American experiment. Adam, I'm going to tell you just a quick story now that you mentioned that. I was at the post office, uh, well, it's been a a few years ago, and there was a guy at the post office, and um, he he looked like he'd probably immigrated to the United States, and I got the feeling he probably uh, had just received his citizenship, because something... uh, he had a question at the post office. He was not getting the response that he needed. He goes, you work for me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he must have just gone through his naturalization uh, process because he realized that that these government employees, these bureaucrats, <laughs> yes, they're to work for. And, and I thought, huh, that is so interesting on that. So, hey, Adam Angieski, thank you so much. I, I know that uh, a couple of really big things happened uh, for you just recently. You were... Um, uh, out at the Reagan Ranch, and uh, I know that was a really big deal. And then I think that you were on Dr. Phil as well just recently, correct? So uh, that they weren't able to get the show together, but hopefully uh, that, that taping of that show will be rescheduled in Los Angeles, and there'll be a nice segment there on Dr. Phil in the future. So that, awesome. they weren't able to pull together my segment uh, in real time, but uh, they want to do a segment on Follow the Money, uh, showing taxpayers how taxpayer money is spent, and hopefully we'll be able to pull that off in the future. 
Uh, well, that'll be just awesome. We'll, we'll want to know about that as well. So Adam Angieski, thank you so much. And that is openthebooks.com, openthebooks.com. Uh, you can get all kinds of great information there. So Adam, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Okay. And uh, before we go to break, on the line with us is Kim Ware. She is the Outreach Director for Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And uh, we had talked yesterday uh, on the show uh, with um, uh, Jen Gibbons and Stephanie Hancock. And Stephanie's running for House District 41. And Jen Gibbons is with the Cherry Creek Parents Advocacy Network about these surveys that are being given to our children in government-run schools. And uh, Kane called in. He said, really, you need to be looking at alternatives. Get your kids out of these government-run schools. And homeschooling is such a great option. Kim Ware, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Kim, more and more people are having their eyes opened regarding the agenda at these government-run schools. And I, I want to say there are really great teachers in in these government-run schools, but there is an ideological agenda that is of great concern regarding curriculum. And, Kim, more and more parents are waking up to this, correct? Yes, they certainly are. And I really love that you highlight that there are great teachers teachers who love their students and want to do right by them, but they can't because their hands are tied by ideologies that are being pushed down from the top. And it is so frustrating. Um, And, you know, there's many people that are working to try to improve that situation. But I've learned if your child, uh, you can't get second grade back. You can't get third grade back. And uh, so as our kids um, we're looking at their education. This homeschooling, I know to some people, can seem daunting, but families are doing this very successfully. And check chec.org, and that's Christian Home Educators of Colorado, is a great resource for people that uh, might want to consider homeschooling and, and as they are homeschooling, correct, Kim? Yes, and Czech has been around for over 30 years, so we have been in the trenches for a really long time fighting for family freedom and no government control so that you can homeschool with confidence. And we provide a lot of tools, everything from an intro seminar that we're getting ready to do on October 15th to um, real-time daily support and encouragement. Well, and I think that's important. I think one of the things as I think about homeschooling is it might seem lonely. People talk about socialization of, you know, social networks and and that homeschooling would be lonely. Is that true? No, it's not true. Homeschooling is only lonely if you choose to be lonely, <laughs> right? We all, we all suffer the consequences of our actions, whether they're positive or negative. So you can homeschool very successfully and and have a thriving, growing community of other homeschoolers if you go out and you find them. And Chuck is here to help you do that. Well, and this introductory sem- uh, seminar, which is what, October 15th, is that correct? Yes, it's October 15th. It's going to be in Castle Rock, and we have people who come from all over the state to come and get several hours worth of homeschooling know-how and how-to so that you can feel equipped and ready to tackle this journey. Okay, and how can people get more information about that, uh, Kim Ware? 
Yeah, people can get more information by just going to check.org, C-H-E-C.org, and there is a great big red flashing letters that say, come to our intro seminar right on the front page. Okay, and again, that's check.org, that's C-H-E-C.org. Kim Ware, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Kim. Okay, and before we go to break, I want to give a shout-out to the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, they are raising money for the new Marine Memorial, or not the new, the remodel of the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. It was dedicated in 1977. It's time for a refresh, and you can help them by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back. I want to hear from you. Uh, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Don't buy a gun for just in case. In these uncertain times, you want to protect yourself, and Franktown Firearms will train and equip you to do so. When you buy a gun, plan on possibly having to use it in case of an emergency where you need to defend yourself. When you have a gun but aren't trained on how to properly use it, it's just irresponsible. The most important part of protecting yourself and your loved ones is being a responsible gun owner including training on safety and usage. You can keep yourself safe with the proper tools and training from Franktown Firearms. Your firearm is the safeguard to your security when used properly. When you're unsure about the future of your security, remember that Franktown Firearms is your resource no matter your experience level. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to contact the team directly or visit their website at ffgc.co slash training for course information. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Sure, and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, love to hear from you, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. And uh, we had Bob Boswell on with Laramie Energy in the first segment, or the first hour. And my friends, we realized this affordable, abundant, reliable, and efficient energy is a bedrock to human flourishing. And we have seen such an assault on that from a public policy standpoint. And the ramifications of that, we're, we're seeing 
reverberate through all kinds of different things. First of all, <coughs> yesterday we mentioned this, that uh, Excel uh, says that um, our gas bills will be 54% higher this year versus last year. Now, when we're talking about all this green energy thing, they try to make it seem like that it's affordable, but we're real, it's not. And what we're realizing is that there's two kinds of greens in this whole green agenda. And that is, is using the, the climate change narrative to, uh, put money, take money from one entity to give to another. But now we're seeing an inflationary, uh, action here regarding just heating our home, the basic things. We felt it at the pump. Now we're going to feel it as we are trying to heat our homes you know, this winter. You, uh, it's been a fairly nice weekend, and I'm sitting out on the back deck, and the breaker box and my the newest addition to my home is sitting there. You know what that is, right? <laughs> yes, that smart meter? Yes. So I'm thinking, as you're talking, not only are they telling us what to consume, they're telling us how and when to consume it as well. So, yeah, they're they're on a roll. Right, and that's the problem with these smart meters is ultimately uh, we saw we talked about Gavin Newsom with Adam Angieski and just the disaster that is happening in in California. Uh, prices at the fuel pump are significant, and people are still driving. People still like their gas powered cars. And the the thing about a gas powered vehicle is you go to the the gas station, you fill it up, and government cannot say whether or not you're essential or non-essential and whether or not you can go where you want to, when you want to. But the push towards EVs and California, they're mandating that by 2035, there'll be, there'll be no new gas-powered vehicles that will be sold. So that what, what kind of pressure is that going to put on demand? They're not replacing this, as you've mentioned, Steve, megawatt for megawatt. They're not replacing that demand, and as Bob Boswell said, they're they're trying to suppress demand. Well, what does that mean? They they ultimately will then have to start to use force, which is socialism force, on saying who can drive, who can't. But they can't control that with a gas powered vehicle. But they can control that through. Um, the amount of electricity that would come to your home. That's why these smart meters are so dangerous is that, that, that uh, then Excel and the PBIs, these politicians, bureaucrats and interested parties, we saw it during COVID. They, uh, they decided which businesses were essential and which weren't. They will then decide whether or not your travel is essential or whether or not it isn't. And if you, if you have an EV, uh, they'll be able to to shut off the amount of electricity. We saw it with the smart thermostats. Uh, John in Castle Rock, what uh, what's your comments this morning? Hey, Kim, this is John Galt again. Just wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, solar and wind energy. I have happened to have a degree in photovoltaics, uh, that's solar energy, and I got that in 2012, so my information might be a little dated. But back in 2012, uh, my understanding and going through school is that uh, in order for uh, the solar energy and wind energy to be um, cost-effective, there have to, have to be batteries in place. So any time that the, the sun is not shining or the wind is not blowing, um, that means you have to have battery-powered energy. Uh, and so what happens with the coal-fired power plants and all the other power plants is they have to be running nonstop all the time in case those things are 
uh, in case the sun and wind are not are not available. And so they're burning just as much coal uh, if there is sun out as if there is not sun out, right? Okay. So so basically they're they're completely false. The whole the whole program is completely false. It's a lie. Uh, unless you have battery power, and there is no battery power for an entire city or for the entire network, uh, and unless you're you know up in the mountains and you have a cabin up there, and in which case you have your own batteries, and that works really really well. So you have to have a standalone system in order for wind and wind and solar to be to be effective in the way that they say that it is. Okay, and when Bob was on, he said that I think what you just said is that the coal-fired plants have to be running continuously. A natural gas um, um, energy could actually be fired up. So, but your point is is that because we don't have enough battery power for a city, that we've got to have this backup of these coal-fired plants. Am I hearing you correctly, John? Yeah, and it's not not even a backup. They have to run it constantly because they can't turn the power up or down. It takes it. takes at least hours, if not days, to turn a, a coal plant up or down. At least that's how it was in 2012 when I was going through school. And I'm I'm not familiar as much with the with the gas powered plants, but uh, I'm I'm assuming to some degree it's the same. You can't just turn it up and down. It takes time to do it, and and during that time you're going to have that brownout or that blackout, and that's what we see in California. Okay. So- so, John, would you say you're a proponent of these coal-fired plants, or what's your decision on that? Yeah, so long as they're they're clean, which they are in the United States, not so much in, in uh, China, but here they're clean, and, and they're constantly getting cleaner as time goes on, and they are by far cheaper. And obviously, I mean, they're not even considering the costs of, of the landfills with regards to the wind energy and then putting those blades into the ground in very, very specialized places. It's very, very expensive. So that's not even a part of the consideration with regards to cost. Well, and that's also not part of the narrative uh, when you mentioned about these um, wind turbines and how to get rid of them, but also the, the to have a battery, uh, it, we have to have these wind or these um, rare earth minerals, and we've shut down that mining industry in America, and China is in control of that as well, and so that's a big problem. Uh, John, this has been fascinating. I have a minute left. What What's your final thought on this? So in the end, all energies are good, provided that they can be cost-effective and are relatively clean. Uh, so we should be attempting to use them all. With regards to wind and solar, there are specific uh, specific applications they can be used and, and used effectively and efficiently. Uh, but when you're when you're hooking them into the into the grid, it, it's not. Wow. Well, John, I really appreciate you sharing this with you with us. Uh, very fascinating. Thank you. Thank you, and God bless you. God bless you, too. Hey, Producer Steve, I think that uh, it is official. The listeners of the Kim Munson Show are by far the smartest people in America right now. What do you think? <laughs> very very well said. And, uh, you know, you know, I, I got to agree. I mean, we're attracting you know, the listenership that is you know so loyal to us. They, are, they usually have a good handle on the things that you're bringing to the table. Well, and the other thing, as I want to mention, is um, intellectual curiosity. That is why we do the show. We get these amazing experts on and uh, have these conversations so that hopefully we are learning more and more about these issues so that we can 
we can engage with our friends, our family, our colleagues, and our neighbors on these important issues. And tell people about the show. Our listenership is growing. Be sure and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And I appreciate each and every one of you immensely. Our quote for the end of the show is from Thomas Sowell. And he said this. He said, no one will really understand politics until they understand that politicians are not trying to solve our problems. They are trying to solve their own problems, of which getting elected and reelected are number one and number two. Whatever is number three is far behind. So, my friends, today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.